Shut up and sit down. All right, we've got another great episode of the Bullhunter Chronicles podcast for you today. Um, our show is marked explicit. This one is probably um, one of the more explicit episodes, so probably not one for uh, if you got kids in the car or something like that. I mentioned it in the intro, uh, but I just thought uh, I would reiterate that before we kind of get into the podcast. Um, fun podcast. Um some some good information, a um, little bit of an insight into, um, I guess, kind of a different approach to social media for um, the hunting industry. Um, but just some housekeeping things real quick. Um, some good news and some bad news. So bad news first, always, you know, we're talking to a guy from uh, South Dakota. John and I had planned a South Dakota um, antelope hunt. We were just going to kind of take a long weekend and go ahead and do that. And, uh, unfortunately, um, John's injured his back and, um, you know, isn't just, it just isn't physically going to be able to make the trip. Um, very happy, um, that something like this didn't happen last year when we had planned our elk hunt, uh, with everything that went into that, this was just going to be a, a fun little, um, something else to do type hunt. And uh, it's become very apparent that uh, John's not going to be able to do it. And uh, it was just going to be he and I. So um, I'm I'm not going to drive 26 hours to go, or 16 hours, I guess, and uh, go out there by myself. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bummer. And so, you know, we're, we're talking to a guy from South Dakota. He talks a little bit about uh, antelope hunting, and you'll hear us not mention kind of our trip or anything like that. So, uh, as you're listening, I didn't want people to go like, Hey, wait a minute, what's going on. Um, but the good news is, uh, we've been picking up steam with our, our Patreons and we've, we've had that going on for a little bit. We've got a Patreon account. You can go check it out. Uh, links on our website and stuff like that. Um, if, if you want to donate and you want to sign up, it's like $5 a month. Um, and, you know, it just helps the show out and uh, with all the things that we're doing. And I wanted to, when we when we started that up, um, to kind of do like quarterly giveaways. And um, so in September, um, in this month, uh, probably nearing the end of the month, right before we start our season here in Michigan, um, I put together a pretty good package to give away to our Patreons. Um, and it's going to include one of those um, XOP Evolution Stands, um, some Vanguard uh, binoculars and a bino harness, and uh, some of the tethered, um, those mini Versa straps that I've got. Um, and so right now, uh, we've got, uh, I think we're up to nine Patreon patrons, uh, and the newest one being Caleb, uh, another Michigan guy, you know, who's decided, you know, that he likes what we're doing and he really appreciates, you know, the, the effort that we put in, and he's willing to put up his, you know, one cough cup of coffee for the month and and uh and send us some money so um you know if you guys want to check that out go ahead but you know we are you know it's not like we're making a ton of money on it or anything like that and uh you know we really really do appreciate it so i wanted to give back to those uh you know the people that do support us and that's the way that i set out to do it and uh this is going to be the first one of uh you know hopefully many uh, but this is going to be the first quarterly giveaway that we're doing for our patrons. If that's not for you, that's not what I'm trying to tell you. You know, 
if you want to help us out, great. If not, um, no problem. Um, but please, you know, if you like what we're doing, tell two friends and have them check out the show. And, you know, cause that, that word of mouth is, is kind of what, what really helps us. And then of course, uh, be sure to rate us, uh, on whatever you're listening to this. And if you really like us, give us a review. I would really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, follow along Instagram, YouTube, and, uh, and Facebook. And we really appreciate all the listeners. And this is your last warning. This is not for kids. So, um, enjoy the show and, uh, you know, good luck this season to everybody. And, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We do truly appreciate it. All right, everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Uh, we've got Tyler here from TNK Hunting Gear on the, the line tonight. And if you're not following along with them on Instagram, like, go stop this podcast right now and go find him and follow along just so you can kind of see, like, what we're going to be talking about here because, you know, he's got a really interesting um, way of interacting with both the public and people that approach him, um, the hunting industry, doesn't matter who they are, how big they think that they are, what they're owed by a little new startup company or uh, anything like that. Um, and this is going to be a real fun one, but, uh, if your kids are in the car, probably stop this one right now and <laughs> wait till you're mowing the lawn or something. Uh, what do you think about that, Tyler? How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, it's crazy that you're, you're, uh, you know, I, I, I somewhat feel honored, you know, you've been on a couple of different podcasts now and, uh, you know, one's the working class bow hunter. Then we were just talking about Kafaro cast with Aaron Snyder and, uh, you were on, uh, one of the ones over there on the East coast and then now with us. So, I mean, I feel like we're in a, a, a pr- pretty good room of, of people here. So I'm, I'm honored that you took the time to come on with us tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the honor's all mine, man. I appreciate you, uh, you know, uh, talking with me and, uh, you know, get every, uh, everybody on the on the page of T&K Hunting Gear and what we're all about. So so let's, uh, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about that. Like, what what's your history and your background with, um, with hunting, uh, hunting gear, and then kind of like what, how did you end up here, what you're doing? Yeah, so, I mean, I've, you know, I was born and raised hunting. I mean, I can remember I get my hunter safety card when I was 12 years old. And so I've always hunted in South Dakota. You know, I've been a really, really big bird hunter um, growing up, pheasant and uh, all that good stuff. And um, so when I graduated high school when I was 18, I actually joined the Marine Corps, um, Marine Corps Infantry and did a couple of deployments to Afghanistan. And from there, um, that's kind of when I really started becoming familiar with with gear and, and materials that are used to make specific types of gear products. And um, that's kind of when I got out of the, the Marine Corps and I started doing private military contract. And that's when I started kind of really grasping on to uh, what am I going to do after I do private military contracting? I've always you know, I've always wanted to be a business owner, you know, have that entrepreneurship in my, in my head. And, um, I'm always like firing on all freaking cylinders all the time. Like, 
so I, you know, I started doing research and started buying materials and stuff like that. And um, it was kind of pretty interesting because, um, like I've said on other podcasts, if, if guys have listened to, is that I, you know, it kind of flunked out. I didn't do tactical gear. Um, I kind of moved away from that. And uh, exactly a year ago, um, I actually took a picture um, of all the, the extra material which wasn't really much after after everything that I was starting to cut and prototype in my uh, in my apartment living room, and uh, it's just crazy to to see the picture of me taking a picture of that of that raw material last year a year ago, and to you know where we're where we're at now and and you know how how fast we're growing and um, it's just been really good shit and um, you know it's it's been one of those kind of dream come true type things where, um, you know, a lot of people have ideas and, and, uh, you know, we just, we just went for it and implemented it. Um, we didn't have a lot of startup money. We didn't have investors. We didn't have any of that. It was, uh, it was kind of, uh, you know, let's just fucking do it and see what happens. And, uh, it's, uh, it's been a roller coaster ever since this, this, especially at the beginning of the summer, it's been, uh, it's been nutsy cuckoo. So, definitely been uh entertaining and and uh we've enjoyed it so well i mean that kind of lends to like the podcasting realm because you know john and i sitting here talking until all hours of the night about all the podcasts that we listen to and then john teaching me so much about bows and things like that i'm like why don't we just do our own fucking podcast and then you know here we are two three years later you know, the idea sparked and then it took a while to get going and, and, and the same thing. And, and that's why I like talking to guys like you, uh, you know, like yourself, that there's so many people that tell you that you can't do something or why are you going to do it? Or, you know, everybody's got an idea in the back of their head that, that they know would work or that's their passion or that they want to do. Uh, and there's so many people that tell you like to fuck off or you're not worth it or, you know, you're not good enough. You just want to be famous, all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, so for for the audience out there, I think it's really powerful to talk to guys that just said, you know what, I'm going to fucking do it, and this is how it's going to, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. We're just going to figure it out. So on, on that note, like, what's your history with, like, textiles and sewing and, and any of that stuff? The, the saddle hunting guys call it thread injection because they don't want to be seamstresses or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, and, and that's kind of the funny story with it. And, uh, like I said, on working class bow hunter, like <clears throat> I bought all this stuff and I was going to just self teach my, you know, myself to sew. Cause I fucking knew what I needed in the gear. And I had all these ideas and, you know, I cut all these, these patterns out and stuff like that. And that was part of my problem is I had no fucking idea what the hell I was doing. And, and from there I was just like, you know, there's a couple failed attempts and I was like, well, fuck, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go to a seamstress and, 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 you know, be like, this is my vision. This is what I want. And kind of started off from there, but with textiles, um, you know, just being in the military, being law enforcement now and, uh, the gear that I use, a lot of it is very compliant, which means it's got to be made in America, you know, not only made in America, uh, like assembled in America, but the materials have to be made in the USA too. So, um, and that's, you know, with all of our gear, 
is we're not only manufacturing here in America, but we're fucking using all American materials. Everything from the thread to, you know, the spacer mesh foaming to the zippers to the poles to anything and everything um, we make in America or we get, you know, it's made in America and we get it manufactured here. So I, uh, I kind of really started just researching um, a lot of that and it took, it took quite a few years, you know, quite a few years before I really kind of started understanding material and, and um, there's so much stuff out there. I mean, there's so many fabrics there's so many materials and, um, but I knew for me um, just, you know, with my experience in the military and shit, I mean, I knew what the best material was and I, I knew it was Kadura. And, um, you know, when I started this company, I started researching really the market and there wasn't a lot of hunting gears or uh, hunting gear companies that was, that were using Kadura. Like most companies, the industry standards, like 600 D polyester, which it's more lightweight, but it's completely shit. I mean, it's complete shit. Um, compared to compared to your 500d or 1000d kadura um and uh so i mean it just kind of came off of that where i was just kind of researching it and uh, put the time in and um just kind of found you know found out what the best products were and what the best materials um in the industry were to use and that's kind of how we built this business and in that that foundation is we've uh we've have not cut corners on materials and and we never will um and that's why you you know see our stuff a little bit more pricey than than uh, most gear companies out there just because we're not cutting those corners now when you say that um those other materials are just just shit what, what's the difference between that thousand d or 500 d cordura and that polyester or, or whatever i mean and then when you get into that like you know, when you, uh, I guess I just think about like metals and things like that. When you think about pop metal, aluminum, fucking titanium, you know, whatever, all these different alloys, they all have different properties that are, and they're all obviously used in different places. Um, so what are some of the properties that are, make the, the Corduras better and stuff like that? I mean, and how in the fuck do you even like, if I'm buying a product, where do I look to see how, you know, what it's basically comprised of yeah so um kadura was actually started um back during like world war ii um and it was primarily used for um for military application i mean that's what it was that was what it's made for and it's like bond and nylon um compared to polyester it's it's really um, a material that's that's highly abrasion resistant and it's actually fire resistant as well um, but the first applications of Kadura were during world war ii for military use um, the military needed things that were going to last longer and, and get beat up and um, you know be resistant to just falling apart and tears and stuff like that so um, but i think correct me if i'm maybe if somebody uh, knows more than i but um, back in the 60s, 70s, that's when it started going out towards like commercial use for like backpacks and stuff like that. Um, now, a lot of the Kadura that you see is like ripoff Kadura from um, overseas, which there's only one brand of Kadura. It's the registered 
Kadurburin, um, and that stuff is manufactured in the United States, and uh, it's all very compliant. But there's a lot of materials overseas that kind of mimic the made in USA Kadura that are just completely shit. I mean, they're complete shit. And then you get your like polyester 600, which is the industry standard, uh, which is your obviously, as the name would say, polyester. Um, it's more lightweight, um, but it's more um, it's more acceptable. Um, to tears and abrasions and holes and stuff like that. So um, it's cheaper than Kadura. Um, a lot of the time you can actually get 600D polyesters at like half the price of Kadura. And especially if you're getting um, like Camo Kadura, we use multi-cam, which is significantly way more expensive than just even your Coyote Brown or um, Ranger Green Kadura, you know, your solid colors. Um, but it is definitely, it's more heavyweight. You'll notice that um, and there's a lot of companies like, um, you know, Exo Mountain and Kifaru and all, all those guys that are using that 500D Kadura and some may be using that 1000D Kadura, but that's, um, it's more heavyweight material and, uh, but, but lightweight, you know, is not always a good thing, um, especially when it comes to a lot of these newer packs that I'm seeing coming out in the industry that are, they're lightweight, but, it, they're going to tear the fuck apart in the back country. Like they're just, it's, it's just not even worth it to, to save a couple pounds and a pack weight um, for some of the stuff that they're using, but it's cheaper. It's made overseas. And um, you know, that's how uh, companies are making money is, is gear getting destroyed and people buying more and more and more of it where areas, you know, where with us, we're, we're on a completely different playing field where we're making a product that, we want people to invest in and get years and years and years and years of use that, you know, we don't want the same person buying the same product every two years. That's not, that's not a successful product in our, in our eyes. Yeah. I think it's hard for myself because, you know, John, uh, I came over here. I said, this is going to be fun because John seems to look at everything. as like, uh, he's very analytical and he's like, well, buy once, cry once. And I'll fucking try anything like here, there, everywhere. Just, you know, uh, there's a, there's a portion of it. That's like, you know, to be able to talk intelligently about it. Like, I feel like you have to actually use it. You can't just listen to like what somebody else says. Um, but on the other side of that is we're, Midwest whitetail guys. And, um, and so we just had, we just talked to the guys from tethered. And one of the examples I used about, you know, the keyboard commandos is that everybody's a fucking safety expert about their product and them being a first year company making things that are safe or unsafe, but they hunt out of a $30 Walmart tree stand that's been up in the tree for 10 years, you know? And so when you're talking about this and you're talking about materials, you know, right now in the, in the whitetail industry, you've got, you know, one stand, um, that's out there. That's the lone wolf custom gear stand. That's 500 bucks for a tree stand. And you can go to Walmart and buy one for like I say, 30 bucks, 50 bucks, but there's a noticeable difference and there's a different consumer base for, for each of those. And I, I, I'm just trying to kind of put everything like in my mind into context and context for the listener of like why there's different, you know, price points and 
and kind of stuff like that. Because if you're the weekend warrior that doesn't even think that he needs, you know, a bag or bino harness or, you know, a, a dog collar that, you know, they can't get off of Amazon, then, you know, that's probably not your customer base. But in the pack industry, when you mention Exo and Kafaru and, and stuff like that, I mean, you know, I think Aaron Snyder is like basically one of the only companies that does all that same stuff where he sources everything here in the U.S. If I, I mean, you just spoke with him. He's that's kind of his thing too, right? Yeah, and I mean, we get a lot of our materials um, from the same same places. Um, so yeah, we're we're one of very few companies that are actually out there using that type of stuff. Um, and because it is a, a noticeable difference and, you know, our demographic is not going to be that cheap ass fucking hunter that, you know, um, wants a cheap Chinese piece of shit. I mean, there's always going to be those guys out there, but, um, we're, we're really targeting that, uh, that hunter that wants made in the USA gear that wants gear that's going to last and, um, you know, you don't have to be like some crazy guy that's, you know, or, uh, you know, hunter that's going around the world and doing like all these hunts per year, you know, to have nice gear. I mean, um, you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of our customer base are these working class dudes, um, that just enjoy our page and enjoy our no bullshit approach and, and enjoy that we're doing it right. And, uh, companies like us and, um, you know, like what we're doing and Aaron Snyder are doing and stuff is because we're doing it fucking right. Um, you know, we're making it not only in the USA, but we're u- using the best possible materials that we can pot, you know, that we can use. And, um, it definitely shows a difference in, in the gear because, um, you know, my harness is $140 and, and raw, um, after even manufacture and, and the materials into it, it costs more than most mainstream harnesses out there. I mean, so that just, that should just go to show you the amount of work and the amount of material and um, effort that we're putting into that product because, um, you know, you, you really do get what you pay for. I mean, if you get a $50 harness, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a $50 harness that's going to break in two years and that's going to be it. And you're going to have to buy another one. You're going to have to buy another one. And, And soon before you know it, the people that were bitching about our price just spent more money on three, four more harnesses in five, six years because their shit keeps breaking. And so um, we're really trying to target that hunter and really, you know, a good thing about going on all these podcasts is just is educating people because people, you know, people don't know, like they don't understand the materials and, and what you're putting into it. Like me and Aaron were talking on the podcast you know, and uh, you were just mentioning is that um, a lot of it is just material education is that people want to know, okay, yours is 140, this harness is 60. What's the difference here? You know what I mean? Um, and that's where we try to educate people and tell them, you know, this is what you're going to get. And, you know, um, it's an investment. And, you know, our lifetime guarantee is, um, you know, superb. I mean, we fix everything for free. Um, we recently had a guy in Alaska, uh, one of the magnets popped out on his uh, harness on a sheep hunt. He sent, completed the sheep hunt, but got back, sent it back. Um, we fixed it up, 
Um, he was actually, it was kind of funny because he was bitching about using a competitor's harness that he previously had used. And he's like, dude, get that thing back to me as soon as you can. <laughs> and so, uh, he freaking, we fixed it up. I sent him a return label. He sent it and everything. We returned it back to him. He didn't have to pay for shipping. Like we don't do that shit. We don't charge people to ship the shit back. We don't charge a fix fee. We don't do any of that bullshit. Um, a lot of companies will say, oh, a lifetime guarantee or we'll fix it for a small charge. Fuck that. When you buy our product, we're backing it because we know we're using the best shit and we're constructing it. I mean, it's, we're trying to construct it as, as tough as possible. So, um, when we, you know, um, if that harness fails, if it were to fail, of course, um, nothing's going to ever be perfect, but that's, uh, you know, we back it up and, um, you know, that's, uh, that just kind of goes to show, you know, that we are kind of no bullshit with these, what we're using and what we're doing. And, um, you know, we just really feel like, um, I think a lot of people in the industry just in general are getting sick of shitty gear. I think they're sick of getting the cheap shit and, um, it breaking and, you know, emailing a company or getting put on the phone with a, you know, a customer service rep from India and, um, you know, not getting a response for a month and, you know, going through all this bullshit. Um, you know, it's just, it's just not how we do business. So you'd, you'd mentioned your page and stuff like that. So, uh, the, the way that I got in touch with Tyler here is, um, so Joe, who's a, you know, friend of mine, never met him in person, but talked on the phone with him for hours and hours and hours. And, uh, you know, he's been on the podcast and, you know, just wants to help out, but he's a hundred percent, you know, veteran first made in the USA. And I kept seeing him put up all these things, you know, he's got a code, you know, he can save some money using, I, I wish I was going to write down the code, but with Joe. And uh, so I started following along with a page and then it didn't take me very long to go, holy shit. Like, this is not your typical social media or your company or like, like whatever, whatever. And then, um, so it, Joe's like, well, would you ever consider having him on the podcast? And I'm like, well, you know, sure. So then I, I reached out to him and, um, let's talk a little bit about your social media approach. Kind of like how I opened this thing with, uh, it's a little bit different than, uh, the standard and what, what have you seen with the quote unquote hunting industry, uh, to this point? <laughs> you want to get into the good stuff now, huh? <laughs> well, you know, I gave you your two seconds of fame. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, with, with me, um, here's what I've always said when I started this company is that I'm not going to ever present myself and represent this company, um, without it being like really me. And what I mean by that is I'm not going to, um, sugarcoat things and do all that stuff because that's not who I am and that's not my personality in real life. So, you know, when we're doing shows and stuff like that, you know, people are going to fucking see like, you know, I am who I am. Like I'm dropping F bombs every other word and I'm, I'm rough around the edges and, you know, all that other shit. And, um, for me, um, I saw more value in a business being a hundred percent real and upfront and not trying to please everybody. Cause here's, I mean, here's a, hundred percent honest truth is you're not going to please everybody um in this world and you're not going to and we're not we're not going after every single hunter that we can um you know to buy our product like that's not who we're going after 
is we want to change a little bit something else from the hunting industry because what I what I see in the hunting industry, which is fucking absolutely shit, is just all these companies, um, you know, putting all this money into videos and and uh, putting all this you know time and money and making everything look fancy, and then they're selling you packaging and selling you a piece of shit. So they're just really making everything, you know, look cool. It's for the cool factor. And then just really delivering you a piece of crap product. And it's getting to that point to where um, guys are getting sick of it. And me personally, like, there's just so much fakeness and so much bullshit going on in social media that for me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do things differently. Like, I'm just going to be real with people. I'm going to tell them what I feel. And, uh, you know, it's it's crazy because, like, you start seeing so many people agree with, with what you have to fucking say because we're not the only ones thinking it. We're just the only ones that are going to fucking say it. You know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, it's one of those things to where um, we're not doing it for attention or anything like that. It's, it's mostly out of entertainment value, but um, we're just – that's just kind of our foundation of our business, you know, made in America, veteran owned, no bullshit, lifetime guarantees and the best, you know, top materials. And, um, that's just kind of like who we are. And so like, we're never going to change for anybody. Um, we're not going to, you know, sugarcoat shit. We're not going to, you know, be nice to assholes that come on the page and act like douchebags. Like, I mean, we hold people accountable as you can see, um, (laughs) when they come on our page, I mean, um, you know, it's just something that like these guys just come onto social media and they, they just do all this fake shit or run their mouth. And then, you know, no company has ever held them accountable or no page, you know, actually says, you know what? No, fuck you. Like, you're not going to come on here and talk to us like that. Um, because I'm under, you know, me as a business owner is that, um, the customer is, is important, obviously. The customer is not always right. Just because you're a customer and you pay doesn't mean you treat, um, that business or that employee like shit that doesn't give you a right or, or make you, you know, like you're entitled. Now, now we owe you something. And that's just, that's not how it fucking works. Like, um, you know, for us, we are very cordial to guys. We're very cordial to customers when they message us. And like, you know, you can ask, you know, like I said, most of the people that run our gear, they message us and we shoot the shit with them and you know what I mean? We have a great time and you know, the really the only people that we have a problem with are just these, these douchebags that are all over the internet that, um, you know, um, just, you know, I could go on and on for days for it, but you know, for me, um, it's, uh, it's that real factor and I want people to, um, you know, for us, you know, that's where we're getting a lot of our support is because we are, that working class guy, veteran known, like no bullshit. Like, you know, we're just going to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, uh, that's our basis. Um, we just, you just see it so much that businesses are just so, so, uh, kind of like a snake in the grass. You know what I mean? You just, you can't trust a lot of businesses out there. It just seems like there's just, you know, there's so much corruption within. It's all about money and it's all about, you know, getting rich and, um, it's just, we've kind of have a totally different viewpoint and approach than, than probably most companies out there. Yeah. You know, my family, you know, we, um, own the business that, uh, that I work at and, uh, you know, people will come in there and just, you know, they've had 
experience at chain stores where they just like act a fool and think that they're going to throw a tantrum and get spoon fed something. And it's like, you know what? I don't need you anymore. So, you know, you're just not welcome here. <laughs> you, can't, yeah. you can't come back. I mean, and and people yeah, are like I'm... so dumbfounded. I've had multiple people that have come back into our store and like try to apologize and be like, well, you guys are the best. And like, we really, you know, you guys are the fastest and this and that. And it's like, yeah, I know. And you're a fucking asshole. And I don't need to subject my employees to that. And like, I make the rules here. So get the fuck on. And yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing because, um, one of the things and not necessarily like in, in our business, you know, in, you know, medical supplies and, and, and pharmacy and things like that. But, you know, with hunting or, or the, the hunting industry, uh, per se is that whole brotherhood or like the, you know, the, that group of people that are, you know, getting rich or, or, or whatever that, that corporate mentality, because I, you know, I told somebody just recently here and they're uh, something about like, well, you know, this is their opinion. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I guess they don't really hate us. And they're like, well, what the fuck does that matter anyways? And I'm like, well, I feel like to some degree, like it depends on it's it just like everything else in life. It's like, it's not what, you know, it's who, you know, and you know, it'd be real easy to be like, just fucking like destroyed just by whatever. So having a social media platform that's just like middle fingers in the air is like a really, really fresh take. And I think that that's why a lot of people um, are gravitating towards that whole thing, because since doing this podcast, you know, we don't really have anybody on here that's like in the TV world or the hunting show world and things like that, because it's not people that we can relate to. And like, we're trying to relate to, you know, our listener, we're just regular guys, working class people. Yeah. And, you know, we want to have fun and go out and hunt. And, you know, we feel, I feel like I'm surrounded by fucking hunting geniuses, you know, like this is, these are the people that, uh, you know, I'm just fortunate enough to, to be around. Um, but there's so many people out there that are just like the soft spoken killers and stuff like that. And there's so much drive and social media to have people like your posts and freaking, you know, pretend you're something that you're not. And, and all of that. And I think that those are the people, you know, and like I was saying, so, so since doing this podcast, there's been so many of those people that have like kind of come out of the woodwork and you're like, holy shit, these guys are real, like legitimate, like killers. And they're not the people they're They couldn't be the furthest thing from the hunting industry and, and TV. And, uh, they don't make their living hunting, but they live their lives, you know, white tails, you know, 365 days a year. And I think that that's probably more of the people that you're interacting with is like the no bullshit, no glitz and glamour. And like you say, the working class people, the, you know, like me, I don't, I'm not rich by any means. I don't, I don't make a ton of money, but I'm willing to spend my money on something like I have my Exo mountain gear, you know, that was, you know, 600 plus dollars for a pack, but, it was made in the USA. It's a great pack, and I'm going to have it for years. And so it's worth it instead of, you know, we did the cheaper out at first. And I was like, <laughs> no, fuck that. 
I'd rather I'd rather put my money in someone's hands that you know it's more deserving than just a company that you know. Matter of fact, EXO when I emailed them, you know, they emailed me right back and ended up. Well, actually, I talked to the the girl on the phone and she walked me through the whole thing. So I had some questions about fitment and all that, and and then was it Mark. Yeah, Mark ended up coming on the podcast because because of it. So just people like that. That's who's going to get my money. And that's fantastic. I mean, that's, um, you know, that's, and that's, I mean, you guys are like a hundred percent on, um, that's who we do target because, um, I mean, you guys have seen our posts about just fucking talking shit on those, you know, TV type hunters. Cause, um, there's just so many people out there that are, you know, doing it for the fame and, and all that shit. And, you know, they're not going to be, you know, our customer anyways, because, they're you know they're never going to associate with somebody like us and that's fucking fine and dandy we don't we don't need it we don't want it um because uh like you've seen um, we get messages from them and saying oh you know i could represent your gear and blah 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 and i'm like fuck you no like and if anything why are you even messaging me if you really wanted a piece of gear why don't you fucking buy it you know what i mean like you like you're not going to get treated like fucking royalty here um these larger companies do that and we're not going to fucking do it. You know, you're, you having a hundred K followers, you are not more, more important than fucking, you know, Joe blow buck hunter. That's fucking, you know, has 20 followers and, and, uh, is deer hunting on his days off from being a mechanic. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just like the shit we see in the industry where like guys are, um, you know, trying to, um, become like this. I mean, the hunting industry is just, it's just crazy to me because, um, I feel like hunting is becoming more popular because of social media. Well, do you guys not see that? Well, like, I, I, I do, um, like kind of in a sense, and I have like a love hate relationship with that. Right. Because the whole big thing is that like hunting is, is going away and like the number of hunters that are dwindling and the ages, you know, those we're not getting the new hunters. Yeah, so we're not getting the new hunters, so whatever it is. But, like, I, I think, like, maybe what you're saying is that, like, social media is bringing in, like, the wrong type of pe- – they're, they're putting the wrong type of message out there to, like, this is what has to be cool to be a hunter. And, and, and I think, you know, we struggle with that on our show because, like, my father-in-law has killed 10,000 little tiny ugly – whitetail bucks and that's awesome because he he's one of these guys that just walks into the woods and can kill something first time and he's got so much knowledge but if you were to post that shit on social media it's like well you know the big joke is yeah needs another year like like nobody fucking gets like what it is to go you know (laughs) not to mention frank when he killed he is excited about the like i remember one time him and I went up to a, one of my old spots, and I, well, he called me the night before. He's like, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, well, I'm going hunting in the morning. He's like, I'll come with you. I'm like, all right. He's like, I'll just go down here and cut in. And he ended up killing like a three-point that morning. And that he was as fucking excited, you know, killing that three-point as if it would have been a ten-point. You know, just he was all geeked up, you know, just – and. I mean, that's what's that's what's great about Uncle Frank and right. you know his enthusiasm just because he loves to hunt and he loves to eat deer meat and you know he don't have to kill a trophy I mean he'd like to but 
But that's that's kind of like what social media is like. They look down. They're on calling that. that. They're they're saying like, no, no, no. It's got to be this. It's got to fit our narrative. Right. And like I said, that I think that's what's you know so so amazing to like see like what you're doing because it doesn't fit anybody's narrative and like everybody's just kind of I feel like either like they're like 100 percent like all in. Or they're like, fuck this guy. And then that's the complete wrong approach because they're going to get an ass full. Of, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, you know, and, and for us too, and that's why we're looking because there's like, you know, you fuck, you guys fucking see this shit too, where it's like all these modeling pictures with like fucking dead deers and stuff. And that's fine and dandy. But I just, like, I think it's like getting glamorized, like to the point of where like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I think life was much better without fucking social media. It's sad to say that, but like for me, because I mean, that's how we were really building our business. But I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a fucking joke, but I mean, there's, um, and that's why, as you can see from our post, we don't take it seriously, but I mean, we're, we're always going to, uh, be those guys that, that poke fun of that type of shit. And, um, you know, it, it, you know, there's, I mean, there's always going to be those people that, uh, that, that, you know, do it because they want to, uh, you know, they want the attention and, and, and all that stuff. And, you know, that's fine. I mean, um, I'm one of those guys where, I mean, you can hunt for whatever fucking reason you want. It doesn't fucking matter to me if you're trophy hunting, if you're, you know, meat hunting, if you're, you know, whatever. Um, you know, I get fucking doe tags. I've got an archery doe tag, you know, and, but then I've got also a fucking, you know, West River, any deer where, um, I'm going for a, a for a buck and for a nice buck, and so you know, a little do a little bit of a both. But I mean, it's so like people are just want to push their fucking opinion on everybody, especially in the industry where well, uh, you shouldn't be hunting for trophy, you shouldn't be hunting for that. And and, and for me, like it's not my fucking place, um, especially when I own a hunting gear company, um, to to tell people how or or where or what they should hunt. Um, you know, and, and for whatever reasons, obviously you talk about wonton waste and stuff like that. There's always things we as like hunters and conservationists agree on, like you shouldn't waste meat and stuff like that, um, which obviously most of us agree with. But um, it's just one of those things to where um, it just seems like it's always a debate. I mean, you look at these forums on Facebook and that's why we poke fun of the gear shit, because everyone's going back and forth about fucking like 14 ounces or 16 ounces just like what the fuck everybody needs to shut up just put what you need to put in your pack put it on your back and go do it get it done i mean it's just you know and and that's why we we make those posts and i don't know maybe it reaches some of those guys that just fucking go back and forth on that shit i don't know so with the with the industry um you know you've obviously sniped down a few of these uh guys that just want the the free stuff because how they're going to help you are you guys partnered with anybody or um you know ha have you met anybody that kind of aligns with with what you guys are doing or, or or anything like that well yeah i mean so i mean we've got uh uh yeah the people with the free stuff that never works out for them very well <laughs> um when they message the fucking page because we're like um yeah you wrong wrong business man um <laughs> But, uh, it, I mean, we've got some brain ambassadors out there, like um, Whitetail Drifter, and, you know, um, we got a couple guys here, like um, Travis and Jeremy with Buckstorm, South Dakota, and it's just really your working class guys 
that's really and, and like um, um you know we that's several most of our pretty much all actually all of our brand ambassadors i should say are those types of people and those types of hunters and we don't we're not interested in um giving out free shit to to some fucking joke you know clown with fucking two hundred thousand followers that you know just wants everything paid for i just there's no interest in that there's no interest in slapping a sticker on their fucking bow case i could fucking care less <laughs> and that's like what separates us and makes us a little bit different i guess in most companies is that we're not we're not into that you know what i mean that's not um you know something that that we do and we don't give out free shit but when we do give out free shit it's because it's for good you know good guys you you know, probably seen videos and stuff. We'll, we'll do some like, you know, free gear and shit. I did one for a guy who could only afford a hat. He couldn't afford a harness. And so I said, fuck it. I put the his hat and a harness in a fucking box and shipped it out to him. And we just like doing that shit. So, I mean, if we're going to get free shit out, it's going to be in our terms and we're just going to fucking give it to whoever we want. But, um, a lot of companies have ruined that for us smaller guys because, um, you know, companies, that sell shitty products, they're okay with giving out all this free shit because, you know, they've got a shit product and it doesn't cost them that much to make and, you know, blah, blah, blah. With us, um, you know, when we give out a harness for free, I mean, it really fucking cuts into our profit. Um, it really, like, hammers us. So, um, you know, for us, it's just not, not something that we do, but it's not, you know, like I said, there's a lot of work and a lot of good materials that go into that harness and um, but, uh, we're seeing less and less bullshit from that crowd in the hunting industry since we, you know, with all of our posts. So <laughs> we don't deal with it a lot. We don't deal with a lot of guys coming on the page talking shit because they see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a, t- a testament to yeah, you. We get fucking eaten alive. And, <laughs> and, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, but it's kind of nice because, uh, you know, we don't go on people's pages talking shit and like trying to start stuff, you know? Um, it's usually, of course, we're going to post controversial stuff, but it's controversial stuff that most of us working class hunters see. You know what I mean? It's, 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 you know, the same thing that, um, most people are agreeing with and saying, dude, you're right on the money with that. And those are the guys that buy shit from us. So, I mean, we're targeting the right demographic and, uh, I guess really, um, fuck anybody else that you know doesn't doesn't like it or doesn't agree with it i we we don't care like you're not going to be a customer anyway you know if if you're that type of person so it's kind of our mindset on it yeah i think a testament to that is you know you'll do those auctions here and there and uh you know people will go on there and pay full price or over full price for one of your harnesses and then say just give it to a veteran or somebody that deserves it, you know? And I don't think that there's any higher compliment there than, I mean, for what you're doing, than somebody saying, you know, I already have one of these. I've already bought one. I believe in the company enough that I want, you know, I want to pay this forward, but they're also supporting you in the same way because, you know, if, if it was just a bunch of shitty people, it would have been, low man wins yeah. and you know there there would be some sort of like hard limit where it would it would stop right about the actual full price you know yeah and that's and you know that's why we we have the demographic that we do and the people that we do on our page because i mean it's good quality dudes that um 
you know, not only want gear, but they're very like pro-American and very support, you know, your troops and first responders. And um, that's who we are. You know, we're veteran owned, law enforcement owned, like that's, that's really our foundation, our background. So we're attracting those same type of dudes that are just really no bullshit, get it the fuck done, you know, freaking um, working class, you know, blue collar dudes that, um, you know, do that type of shit. And it's amazing for me to even see it um, now that you kind of mention it when uh, we get guys that were, you know, um, I think we had like five or six in a row that were just buying harnesses for other people. And it's just, it is fucking crazy to see because here I am. Um, I actually have this one story too. And um, it's, it's pretty nuts because um, we had like a used open box harness that somebody sent back and uh, it's perfectly new, nothing wrong with it. And uh, we auctioned it and we got, um, you know, ended up getting $130 for this, which is $10 under a brand new harness, which is pretty damn amazing considering somebody else owned it at that point. Like imagine driving a car off the lot after you own it and then returning it back. Like the dealership ain't going to fucking even get close to the amount of money that uh, they sold it to you for. But she even, and I said free shipping and everything like that. And she goes, well, I sent you money for shipping. I mean, I have people covering, you know, us even saying, no, like, don't worry about it. Like we'll cover the fucking shipping. And, and these people coming out and saying, oh, I got shipping. Or when we had to increase our range or our range finder pouch prices because of the, just the construction of it and the time it takes to make even that, that pouch, I had people sending me like fucking sending me messages saying, Hey, I'll pay the other $20 that I owe you for that pouch. Cause they had only paid 40 for the pre-order. And I'm like, no, you're not absolutely fucking not. But I mean, that just goes to show you the type of people that are on our page that are following us that are, um, on those posts. So it's, it's not any of these other fucking fake ass people. It's, it's real people um, that are just really fucking awesome people. And, uh, those are the people we want on the page and, and those are the people that we want support from. And, uh, you know, so that's our targeted demographic. And I think that's with a lot of companies in the hunting industry, they forget who, who the fucking working class dude is buying their shit. They forget that shit. They look at, you know, the, the celebrity people and, and sending, you know, these famous, you know, 500 K follower people on fucking safari hunts with their gear. And they forget who the fuck is paying their bills. And it's not those fucking people that are getting free handouts. You know what I mean? So us is an entirely different thing to where, you know, we we're taking a way different approach than most companies because that's not who the fuck we are. We'll never be that makes me want to fucking vomit thinking about it sorry was that a lot of f words <laughs> no, hey you know I, I, <laughs> I, I try and uh explain to people and i've i've uh, you know being a professional and stuff like that like i have to do, tone it way down but if i get to get to drinking or get real amped up on something like i said like the marines told me like i felt like Instead of saying, um, you just say fucking, uh, a fucking, uh, you know, and so, and so uh, it's really hard to kind of dial that back. And, uh, so I, I can, I can just, totally relate. So I've just come to, I've accepted the terms. I'm like, you know, my mom always fucking screams at me. She's like, 
Stop saying the F word. You know, moms are going to be moms until like, you know, forever. <laughs> you know, being 30 years old, I still get fucking yelled at. And she's still like threatening uh, to like, you know, smack me in the ass with a wooden spoon that she did back <laughs> when I was like five when I go over there. But it's so funny because I'll, I'll say the F word and I'm like, mom, you just got to come to accept that I'm going to say fuck at least three times a sentence. And it's just. <laughs> It's how it is. Like it's, it is what it. Is. You know, I don't know what else to tell you. Like there's, there's no fixing me. Oh yeah, I'm unfixable at this point. I'm too, too tainted. Yeah, it, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that shipping thing because I don't know if you want to talk about this. Like, you know, you're working on something here for us uh, whitetail hunters, but I ship Tyler a package, and he's like, "Hey, I'll send you money for shipping. Like, you don't have to. You don't have to." do that and i'm like no i i'll pay for shipping it's not a it's not a big deal and uh i actually sent it from the pharmacy and he's like i got a package from my dad he said it was from a pharmacy he's like i didn't know if it was a dick pump or what it was and i was like (laughs) i we have those i wish you know i wish i would have at least sent all the paperwork and pamphlets and stuff that i have (laughs) the empty box throwing it in there yeah he he gives me a call and he's like, you get some package from a pharmacy. I'm scared to open it. And I'm like, why are you scared to open it? What the fuck? And like for a minute, I was like thinking, I was like, where's it from? Because I knew what state you were from and I knew you worked in pharmacy. So I was like, that's got to be that freaking saddle. And uh, he's like, well, I don't know, but I'm scared to open it because I think it's a penis pump. And I'm like, what did you think? Like a penis pump in that big ass box. I mean, like Jesus Christ, that box was like freaking like like three four feet tall. I'm like, yeah, I I don't think uh oh man, that was that was pretty good though. And I actually made a meme about that and uh, almost put it on Instagram, but someone put this man on a podcast. But then I was like, God, somebody's gonna get really fucking offended by this penis pump thing, and I'm like. <laughs> It's kind of stupid, but I thought it was fucking hilarious at the time. But I don't know. Sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm like, I'm, I'm about to like post, and I'm like, ah, oh, God, should I do this? <laughs> you know, should I really go there? I mean, I know there's lines, but we cross them a lot, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's just it's one of those fun things. But I mean, the last thing we want to do is like offend a bunch of you know if we did have a bunch of people that, that followed us on there that were enjoying everything. And then all of a sudden we're talking about penis pumps and shit. And they're like, okay, enough guys, <laughs> enough of this. <laughs> so so yeah. kind of, kind of decided not to, but that saddle gave me some good ideas. Now that you brought that up is, um, you know, being obviously having Molly on it and playing around with it. And I've got to send it tomorrow. I totally free. I've been fucking crazy busy as you could probably, probably tell but i'll get it boxed up and sent tomorrow um but um it's it's kind of cool to see that because we don't not that i can even think of i'm sure there's guys that do it but like saddle hunting is not really a big thing in south dakota um there's there's some tree stand hunting and stuff like that but i mean a lot of it's spot and stock and you know stuff like that but um it's kind of interesting because when i was on (laughs) the bow hunting podcast you guys are making fun of me when i was like oh saddle hunting like i had fucking no idea like i didn't even <laughs> fucking pay attention to it i had no fucking idea what it was i was like what the fuck is saddle hunting i have never never like maybe i'm just like you know because that's more of like a midwest eastern thing but like you know because i guess black hills is considered more like western hunting but 
you know, I've never done that in my entire life. But now that I looked at it, like I started watching videos and like getting to, to know things because it's kind of cool being in this industry. You start meeting a lot of people that like do shit that like you've never heard of. Or, I mean, there's so much learning to do, you know what I mean? And that's, I think there's a lot of people that just think they fucking know everything, you know what I mean? On social media. And, and like, for me, I don't really fucking know shit about shit. And I just love, um, especially being in this position and, and getting to know all these guys, and, you know, you start learning about um, different things and how uh, animals are hunted in different areas. And it's just really fucking cool to see. And I actually want to try saddle hunting. It, it looks fucking like a great time. Yeah. I, I should have put a note in there cause there's all that uh, cock pump talk. That's not a sex swing. So I want to make sure that there's no like, <laughs> Yeah, there's no, have to wash yeah, there's it. <laughs> <laughs> they go on these fucking tirades, man. I'm like, Jesus. I, I, I said all this good shit, and then you have to bring up a penis pump. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, come on. No. But, uh, I mean, on a serious note, that looks like a, uh, you know, some, somebody mentioned, like, something about making some, like, saddle stuff, harness stuff, and, Oh, dude, the fucking safety precautions and the insurance and lawyers for that shit. I can't even imagine those companies that make that shit. Yeah, liability uh, would be. You know, the liability is just up the, the roof. fucking roof. Especially like tree stands and shit like that. Like, that's no easy game to get into. I mean, you've got to have some, you got to have some insurance with that shit, you know? Oh, 100%. Yeah, when we talk to those guys, and uh, I mean, we talked to him in person, we talked to him just recently here on the podcast, and yeah. You know, third party testing, all that. Yeah, they went they went through everything. But it's like, you know, I was asking them the same questions because I'm like, you know, what? How do you decide that you're going to do that, and where do you get get it tested and go through all the scrutiny? But like for you, so with that saddle, you know, so you you had mentioned it on that podcast. I'm like, hey, you know, I've got one. I'll I'll send it to you. What what are you thinking about doing for it? Or, or are you not ready to? divulge all your secrets no i mean i can divulge i mean i i, I probably want to do something to where um kind of you know obviously like a fanny pack but something that where you can put a bunch of gear in there as far as like you, know, you can put some snacks in there range finder or um you know your cell phone or you know kind of your necessities that you know you would just probably already have on you that makes it easy accessible um and that's just going to stand up to the elements and um, you know, getting beat around because, you know, obviously that is hunting, um, uh, just beating the shit out of gear. So yeah, just probably something that's just kind of like a really kind of like a utility fanny pack and, um, kind of probably along the same lines of, of what I'm already kind of doing and prototyping for even tree stand hunting. Um, we're, uh, we're probably going to be making some like hand buffs and shit like that, um, with, uh, obviously like a like a hand muff um fanny pack type thing where you can put a range finder in there snacks in there and plus it's all lined with fleece and all that good stuff so um kind of more for your blind uh tree stand type hunting and uh so yeah that's it, i mean it's kind of going to be along the, the same lines um so i mean it's it's still going to be some work but uh i'll definitely probably have a prototype ready by the end of the end of this winter and um, probably have you guys play around with it and just let me know what you think. And, um, that's kind of part of the, the prototyping process, which can be a pain in the ass is just, 
you make something, then you got to change it, and you got to make about a fucking a thousand changes before you come up with something that you know you're like, okay, I think we can do this, you know. Um, so it can get a little expensive and stuff like that, but I think um, you know, just talking to more saddle hunters. I mean, I'd love for you know even guys listening to this podcast for you know give me some feedback. What do you guys want? Um, because we're uh, we're kind of open. I mean, we're not gonna. Like we said on other podcasts, we're not going to reinvent the fucking wheel or anything. You know, a, a fanny pack's a fucking fanny pack, but we can make it one of the best fanny packs that you can buy out there. And, you know, a good quality one that um, is going to store the shit that you want. But um, so, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's coming along. And but um, it'd be kind of interesting to see, uh, you know, uh, making some prototypes and maybe having you guys test it out. and you know, letting us know what works, what doesn't work, what we need to improve on and kind of go from there. Cause like I said, we're, we're fucking rookies with this whole saddle hunting thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, we're, I'm going to prototype something and be like, well, fucking here you go. Hopefully that works out. Let me know. Yeah. We're, we're new to it too, but, um, you know, I got a lot of guys, uh, that are around me that can, that can definitely check it out and, and kind of say what's what. Um, so we, we, you know, we talked to a lot of guys, uh, that make shit for hunting. Um, and they're not necessarily, uh, like, you know, the, when we talked to Nick that makes the broadheads, you know, I mean, he makes broadheads because he wants to kill shit, but, you know, we've talked to a lot of other guys that have made stuff and, you know, they don't get to hunt a whole lot because they're so involved in their process and all that. So you talked about your, uh, your any buck tag and then some some doe tags you got any other hunts planned this year or anything you know exciting yeah, that, you're, so, that you're going after yeah so i've got the uh which actually starts uh september 1st here i've got an archery deer tag in the black hill well it's any any south dakota but i'm gonna probably just go up in the hills here and then i've got a any deer rifle tag which is west river up in uh um a county nearby uh, mine which has some pretty pretty decent decent sized deer in there so which is kind of nice because we got muley deer and and uh whitetail as well so i can pick out any deer and that's going to be kind of my buck tag and then i've just got a rifle doe tag up in the black hills here too and then um my first draw for my antelope rifle i uh was unsuccessful with i didn't get a archer antelope because I was, I fucking totally forgot to even draw for it because I was so busy with the fucking business. But, um, archery antelope is actually going on in South Dakota right now. And, um, so I was unsuccessful in my first draw, but I'm going to try to go for the second draw here for rifle, um, any antelope on the West River here. So three deer tag or uh, three big game, you know, deer tags for sure. And then hopefully try to get that antelope one and then, um, doing a duck hunt back east south dakota here end of september with a couple of buddies going down for four or five days for some ducks and uh, uh waterfowl is i really enjoy waterfowl hunting um, and pheasant hunting as well so i'll uh, probably be doing quite a bit of waterfowl and fe- and upland hunting as well along with all the tags um, that i gotta fill and then plus doing the business man you can't be too busy to hunt i mean uh, that's a stress relief for me and uh you can't get too focused on the business. You got to get out there and, you know, remember why you're, you're busting your ass making this gear in the first place. It's for, the, for these dudes out there doing that. And, uh, so yeah, I've, I, I'm going to be busy this, this fall with between hunting and the business and, 
everything, but um, keeps me busy and um, can get out there and enjoy the outdoors. And you know, you take a break from the business every once in a while. Sounds good. What uh, what what is your bow setup right now? So right now I've got uh, I'm using probably buddies because I got a, a setup for a Matthews right now, and uh, so that's literally just probably ordered it from Black Hills Archery here, and um, I'm like a rookie bow hunter this year, so going to be trying it out, and uh, you know always kind of did rifle, but um, going to see how it fucking goes. We'll see. So let me get this straight. So you're, this is going to be your first year bow hunting. This is going to be my what? First year bow hunting, or just with first a year. brand new setup. What's that? With, with bow hunting, is it going to be a, your first year bow hunting, or is it just going first to be your year first year hunting. with that? Really? Yep. Oh my gosh! You know you're on a bow hunting podcast, right? I, I feel like we should know. have known that ahead of time. Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> like we could have we could have taken this like so many different directions. I mean, John's like the bow, like nerd guru type guy. I mean, I am like, this is no shit. I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six different bows right here. There's um, one in the case too. <laughs> yeah. That's, they're like in various states of disrepair. Um, <laughs> Not really disrepair. <laughs> I'm built, getting ready to build strings and tune and, you know, and actually they're, Mark's supposed to drop his bow off, so, but uh, I'm a little behind the eight ball right now because my back's been out for the last three weeks. <laughs> so, so, so getting into bow hunting, what is your, um, like your expectation, your thoughts, fears, trepidation, like in that? So, I mean, I've always like grew up rifle hunting, so, um, that's kind of like the interesting part is that, um, I never like really grew up bow hunting and, and so for like when even making gear and stuff like that, it was kind of interesting with me is that um, even kind of getting, you know, into gear and, and stuff like that was just even trying to figure out, you know, what do bow hunters need? What do bow hunters want? And because, you know, I, I always grew up rifle hunting, but I was new, um, obviously, with, with gear and stuff like that. But, um, you know, for me, it's just getting all the information for guys that have been bow hunting for a while and it is funny like when you go on there and, and you say oh it's your first year bow hunting and i'm like yeah like i fucking um i've got guys that are like one of my uh brand ambassadors actually in oregon that's like sending me bra heads and all this shit like peep sites so, like i'm just like now trying to get into the lingo and, and, and trying to figure it all out but um it's something that i've always wanted to do and um you know i uh maybe i'll get some shit from the podcast being a rookie but you know <laughs> fucking it is what it is fuck no that's 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 no, great I, you that's know, perfect that that's kind of like the like for us like i joke and it's debatable but i say that i'm the world's worst bow hunter and you know frank's like well you know there's a lot of guys that haven't killed as many deer as you have that haven't killed as many bucks but it's like man i fucked up so many deer like with a bow that it's just not even like in my, like I have so much more to learn, kind of like what you were saying, like about learning about hunting and, and things like that. And so, you know, when we set out to do a podcast, everything is like informational. It's not like we're not, yeah, it's not talking down to anybody, but like, but honestly, you know, John's making his own strings. And, and but on the, and on that same concept, I, I'm no professional either. I mean, like 
I my first string for my bow, you know, I think I built like four or five different strings before I was like actually okay with shooting it. Like, all right, this is going to work, you know. And there's still, you know, things that, I mean, learning daily anytime I'm working on a bow. And the other thing too is I don't, I'm no master. I've, Adam calls me a master. I'm not by any means. I mean, I look on YouTube and I look up stuff. If there's something I don't know, I'm going to, you know, I guess that's just the process of any learning anything is you got to go out there and either read or, you know, now, now with our YouTube, you know, world, you can go on there and pretty much, you know, search anything. This, hopefully it's good information. You got to kind of be able to weed it out, but you know, you can't, you can't be, I mean, that's great that you're getting into bow hunting. Yeah. You guys, you guys, you guys were like all fucking surprised. Like I'm like, well, you know, and most of the people out there know that. Um, but in it, and it is kind of funny because, you know, I go on these bow hunting podcasts and I'm like, God, I'm such a fucking rookie with bow hunting. Like, you know, the fuck I'm doing, but you know, I'm learning and I've been out shooting and stuff like that. And, um, you know, for me basically is, is, you know, um, that's part of the, like the realism for me. And like I said, you know, being in this industry, um, is, you know, starting to learn that stuff because like I never grew up doing it. And, um, it was kind of just interesting once, once, you know, I started making gear and, and getting into this where I was like, you started learning about it and you're like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, this makes sense or that makes sense. And, and then finally, you know, this year I just was like, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna draw bow tag like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go out there and um you know i uh i'm still gonna enjoy it and i've got a lot to learn and you know myself like i like i've said a you know a hundred times like i grew up hunting but there's so much shit i do not know and uh i listen to podcasts all the time and um but i mean a lot of that is um when we talk about the industry and we talk shit on guys is because um a lot of that is because you know guys are um out there even shitting on people that that are trying to learn from podcasts and stuff like that i know that's uh happened to a few guys i'm working class bow hunter and stuff like that and you know for us um you know especially for me is is you know it it's part of that realism factor no bullshit um where you know i'm still learning things every day and um you know going out there and try new things especially you know if i would have you know really never start this gear company i probably would have just you know kept doing rifle tags and you know i i just never um never really you know knew what the fuck i'm doing and it's gonna be interesting when i get out there because i'm still not gonna know what the fuck i'm doing but i'm probably gonna learn a shit ton so um you know it's gonna be uh we'll see how it goes here in about a week well, and I honestly, I'll give you a fucking update if I get a dead deer or not. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you gotta, you know, even for me, you know, I've hunted, bow hunted now for shit over thirty years, and it's still frustrating as fuck sometimes. But it's also, you know, the most exhilarating too. I mean, so you just gotta remember to push through the the, the frustrating days. <laughs> Well, and you have to, like, you can't lose sight of that every harvest with a bow is a trophy. Like, you know, it doesn't matter the equipment. It doesn't matter whatever. It's like you were not 500 yards away from that animal and they had no idea that you were there. I mean, you're you're right up there and you can be as close as you want to be. 
And like I, I think I said on one of the last podcasts, like one of my favorite things is like when I decide not to kill a deer with a bow, like that's like the ultimate because they were within bow range and they just carried on with their life without even knowing that I was, was there. And that to me is, you know, I, I think the way that I put it was that I didn't fuck it up because that's the, that's what happens with bow hunting is like everything can be, you can draw up this plan in your head and it's going to go this way. And then one little thing happens or everything goes perfect. And then you miss because you were so excited or, or like whatever. And I think for me that that's the, you know, it's almost like I have to like defeat myself in the, in the, in the hunt, you know, because I have to like make sure that I'm not too excited (laughs) and, it doesn't matter like what the deer is, um, what the animal is. I, I am damn near that excited no matter what. And uh, I think with bow hunting, I hope in bow hunting that that will translate over to you because like, you know, that's why, you know, we reference you know, Frank and all the deers that, uh, the deer that he's killed over the years and, you know, None of them by social media standards would be trophies, but that excitement, that exhilaration that he feels is kind of like what everybody's chasing every single time. And uh, I really hope that you get to experience that, whether you fuck it up a hundred times and, 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 you know, it keeps you going back. Um, you know, I, yeah, I really that's... hope you get to see that. <clears throat> and that's why I'm excited to do it because, um, you know, I saw the challenge of it and everything, and um, I would have. It's actually fucking interesting to think about because if I would have never got into, you know, this industry and making gear and shit like that, I would have never even thought, like I said again, about bow hunting. You know what I mean? Like it would have never really came up with me. And now, you know, I, I'm actually excited to try it because it's it's going to be more of a challenge than you know just your rifle hunting and and uh, shotgun hunting and stuff like that and. Um, you know, for me, you know, there's always guys going back and forth about, right. You know, cause there's some people that are dedicated rifle hunters. There's some people that are just, just bow hunt. And then there's some people that do both. And, you know, for me, um, it's kind of, I, I want to be that both hunter, you know, I'm, I'm going to have rifle tags, but I also want bow tags. And um, next year, you know, like I said, I was, I was planning on getting like an archery antelope and, um, you know, for me, it's just, it's, it's, you know, a continuing learning process and, um, it is funny when, um, you know, fucking, I, you know, I've talked to a couple other guys and he said, well, when you get into bow hunting, when you get into bow hunting and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bow hunt. So I just, I fucking got a tag and, um, you know, I've been shooting my buddies and, and I'm like, and I'm still a fucking complete rookie. I'm like, I don't really fucking know what the fuck I'm doing, but I mean, at the same time, like, you know, for me, it's, it's all about, um, try new shit and um you know experiencing it and you know who knows it it might be something that you know i completely maybe go to instead of just rifle hunting or or vice versa but um i just kind of want to be that well balanced and and uh you know type of hunter to where you know um i i can see the challenge in it i just i i'm excited to give it a give it a go so um but uh (laughs) Yeah, I, I, what? you're not the the craziest one. Is the guy? Well, there was two. The one guy with the peep sights, mm-hmm. he didn't even like hunt. 
Mm-hmm. Or he he was he hadn't even hunted in a couple of years, I think it was. And then what's his name? The guy that makes the arrows. Mm-hmm. He's got a custom. He builds custom Kyle. arrows. Yeah. And he's only bow hunted twice. And and one of them actually was just like a scouting trip. It wasn't even an actual bow hunt. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> so don't. So, so yeah, I mean, it, 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 the I thing just, is, is, it is so funny because like you know when you. Um, I mean, and for a lot of guys out there too, is that, um, what I've even learned from podcasts and stuff like that too, is because, you know, part of, part of like what I am on social media too, is that, um, you know, I'm not going to just, um, you know, fucking act like I'm somebody I'm not, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll say, Oh, I've never done that. I've never done that type of hunt. You know, I, I, and the thing is, is that there's so many people out there that just want to act like they know everything and, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like me and uh, Aaron were talking about is that there's people that talk about 10 day hunts. I've never been on a 10 day hunt. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, you know, vice versa. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's all about, you know, trying to get as much knowledge um, as, as possible. And it's kind of cool working in this, this industry is that, you know, you get to talk to, you know, guys like you, like I said, I'd never fucking heard of, of saddle hunting, um, in my entire life. And then when I start learning about it, I'm like, Oh, that's actually fucking pretty cool. And I started like watching videos and shit. And then it gets me interested in actually fucking doing it. You know what I mean? I'm like, that looks like not only fun, but like, it looks like a challenge. Like I want to do it now. And, um, you know, I think like, especially in social media, um, we get, uh, um, you know, shitting on people that want to, that want to learn about things and, and, uh, you know what I mean? And, and all that stuff is, is uh, part of the game. But, um, you know, for me, it's, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a, a learning experience. That's for sure. Um, you know, I'm fucking loud as fuck. I'm like half deaf too. So, um, we'll, we'll see how it fucking works out. Well, it's awesome. And I can't wait to like follow up now like especially like after the season because like i want to know like like i said like what your expectations were going in and then like how everything like played out and like kind of where you feel about it because like personally for me like i didn't want to have to get into this but you know because you're so young um i would be old core so we didn't have we did open sights you know with the rifles you know there was no oh, acogs and all this stuff. Too, man. come on now <laughs> and, uh, sights too but 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 the thing is is that like once you know you're calling at you know 500 meters and you're hitting you know a man sized target or whatever it's like now with a it's like every deer that i've ever seen with a rifle like i could shoot like you know, outside of like a running deer or something like that. So for me, bow hunting is that, that intimate, that challenge. And, you know, given the difference between, you know, spot and stock, we've never spot and stocked anything, um, successfully, or maybe John has, but I have not. Um, but, but so to me that that's the big, that's the big challenge is, is that that's where bow hunting is. Is like, I feel like with a rifle, you could have been successful last year in Montana, but <laughs> I know. Should you I guys know. rifle yeah. hunt though? That's the question. Uh, not anymore. Um, I haven't for, since I was 17. Yeah. I haven't, um, sure. probably seven or eight years. I don't think. Actually, like I killed three bucks in three years with my rifle. And it was like a six point, an eight point, ten point, and I mean it was like see them, shoot them, and I got them. They were all pretty much luck. And then, I mean, I'd always bow hunted. I bow hunted since I was twelve. We got our rifle tags when we were fourteen, 
or that's when we were allowed to start rifle hunting. And after that, I was like, man, you know, I loved hunting, but it was just, you know, I kind of wrecked myself shooting them, you know, getting a big 10 point. I got the eight and the 10 mounted and I don't even have it at my house. Actually, they're still hanging in my dad's house. But after that, there was, I think the next year after my, I killed my 10 point, I had seen another, it was either a nice eight or 10 in the same area. And I hunted that deer all season including rifle season with my bow. I never did kill it. Ended up, the neighbor kid ended up killing it late season. He just sat down on his runway and freaking shot him. But, <laughs> but like, even last year, like, when we set out to elk hunt, it wasn't, there, like, there was never any inkling of, like, wanting to go with a rifle. And, you know, my dad rifle hunts elk, and it, there's just no, no desire there at all. Um, I've went. I went two years ago, I think, one, with my son when he was fourteen. Yes, yeah, I, I well, said, I'm going to be I'm going to be interested now if that's the same effect it has on me. I mean, we're going to see about you know a week, anyways. But I I'm I'm pretty interested because you know I I've you know it's gotten to the point to where you know rifle fight you know hunting is is great and all, but like I said, you're always looking for that next challenge and. Um, it'll, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. Um, it'll be definitely be a learning experience and, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's just a, uh, just a doe tag. So, I mean, it's nothing, anything, you know, going to be anything crazy, but you got to start off easy on me. I can't, uh, oh, can't oh do, trust do, me, be too crazy. Those aren't, aren't the easiest <laughs> yeah, by any those, means. Those year and a half old bucks, those yearling bucks are dumb as they get yeah i mean the dumb little <laughs> dumb little does but you get an old uh patriarch you know you get the mama doe you get some of them old does and they they're worse than a buck i mean they come in and oh yeah i'm sure <laughs> get the motherly instincts oh yeah it's like they have their sixth sense man you better have a hack suit on or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah man that, well I, seriously that's that's awesome i mean for no. like you know we talked about the the whole like the, the new hunter and the hunter like decline and all of that. And so, you know, anybody that takes up hunting like as an adult and, the, or, you know, even, even the archery side of it and archery, right. you know, they, they talk about, if you listen to like the big podcasts, you listen to like Rogan, you know, he, he's all about archery as a discipline, you know, I mean, there's just, there's so many things and, um, you know, uh, John was talking about Kyle and his hunts. I think, you know, we offered off the opportunity for him to come up and hunt with us. And I think he's going to try and do it. So we're, Kyle, if you, yeah, you're listening, I know you're listening. We're not dogging on you. No, not um, by any means. <laughs> so, it's awesome. Uh, it, it, it's just awesome. And, you know, it, it is one of those things where like, if you take it seriously and like, like do all the steps and stuff like that, it's like, it's like such a science, like a art, like a, I mean, like yoga almost it's, you talk, you talk about hunting as being like one of your releases or like the relaxing thing. Like archery is like one of those things where like every single shot that I make poorly, even like when we're shooting leagues is like, I know what I did. It's not like, I don't know how to do it. It's like, it's kind of like fucking golf. Like, you know what you're supposed to do. You know what, where you want the fucking ball to go or the arrow or whatever. But God damn, like if I was just, a little bit more disciplined, you know, if I, I know that I, you know, I jerked it. Oh, yep. I, I peaked. I looked at the thing. like, there's so many things. And, and that only doe tag, I mean, every animal that you harvest 
with a bow is a trophy. Is a trophy. And and don't ever lose sight of that, you know. Like don't well, that's you know. That's great insight, guys. I mean, no, I'm I'm excited for it. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's kind of cool to just get out there and you know, I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing when it comes to archery, but uh, I'm gonna learn. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm gonna get after it. And so, uh, you know, it's just been kind of a crazy experience because, like, you know, I sell a shit ton of fucking gear to bow hunters, and I'm just like, God, I wish I could fucking really relate to you guys more <laughs> but i fucking don't bow hunt but uh and it's kind of funny when you know i go on a bow hunting co- podcast i'm a fucking rookie bow hunter bow hunting for the first time sorry did i mean to drop that fucking bomb on you guys like you know, oh that's awesome like i, I mean <laughs> I, I think it's just you know it's it's just one of those those things where you know you again the whole social media aspect of of whatever is uh you know you you look and you say okay well this guy is selling all this thing and like you know a, a lot of your ambassadors are the ones that I see are big into bow hunting you know yeah and so yeah. it's like it's like I guess yeah. I just associate you know you I, I associate any hunting company <laughs> that doesn't sell like bullets or you know shotgun shells. You know, and the thing is, is that I'm learning a lot, especially having customers that are, that are big bow hunters and, you know, listening to like working class bow hunter and I've, you know, listening to bow hunting podcasts is, is uh, you know, because obviously I make a bino harnesses that bow hunters are using, um, you know, but for me specifically, um, I'm learning myself as, as like, you know, a new venture for me to get into. Um, and it's, it, you know, it, it's, and like I said, it's, it's fucking awesome just to, to hear, uh, you know, hear about things and, and yeah, a lot of my brain ambassadors, uh, damn near all of them are, you know, are strictly bow hunters and, and guys that, uh, one guy, he's the one that keeps sending me all this shit. I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this dude? You got to fucking educate me on this shit. He's like, <laughs> just sending me shit in the mail. I'm like, oh, what the fuck am, what am I doing with this? But, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like I'm getting trying to get up on the vocabulary and um and uh i don't know yeah we're we're, i'm just gonna go out by myself and i'm just gonna i'm gonna fucking wing it and uh, (laughs) i'm gonna see how it goes Uh, i don't really know how it's gonna go but um you know part of uh you know for me is is uh you know is also learning because i'm also fucking always learning um and i don't and like i've said numerous times like i don't know a lot about shit um, you know, I, I know a, a decent amount about gear and, and, you know, building gear and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's one of those things to where, um, you know, I want to try new things, um, you know, hunt different animals and um, just kind of uh, expose myself to everything that I possibly can. And um, it's just, you know, part of part of, uh, you know, uh, the learning process and, uh, you know, just taking it all in and see how, see how she plays out for sure. So, um, you know, what, uh, you, you talked about the bino harness and, and, uh, you know, prototyping some of the tree stand type stuff. Um, you know, what are some of the other products that you make and where can people find them and follow along with you and, and, and all that? Yeah. So, um, we're making some add-ons obviously for the bino harness for, uh, like the range fighter, um, rangefinder pouch that you can put your rangefinder in and um, we're making call pouch that you can put like diaphragm calls recalls and stuff like that in there 
Um, it's got like the mesh netting so that um, they can dry out when you get spit on them and stuff like that. So got spawning scope pouches coming out that you're going to be able to mount onto your pack. And then um, it's got like different zip rings to where you can mount it onto a tripod um, it, while keeping it in the case. And then um, we're uh, working on a, a day pack specifically for bow hunting. So kind of working with some bow hunters to um, get like a, like an actual bow hunting day pack made up and um, kind of probably going to get into like, you know, three day uh, or seven to, to 10 day packs. And, um, you know, right now we've got those pouches coming out. Um, we've got blind bags that are already out. Um, we got gear bags that we're manufacturing right now. Nice medium gear bags that you can just throw clothes, freaking, you know, whatever. I mean, they make even good travel bags. And, um, so you can, you can find most of that stuff on teamkhunting.com. And, um, yeah, we're always kind of innovating and, learning new things um and uh you know especially for um different different areas and for different animals hunted and different ways of hunting and and we're trying to make gear appropriate for for those guys that reach out to us and want specific things for specific hunting and so uh yeah we're just we're constantly making new stuff and and uh you know just going from there well awesome man it's it's been a blast talking to you we've been talking here for an hour and a half i think that's pretty much uh all we got i i, I really can't wait to freaking hear about your your boat hunting trips though that's you know yeah man i'll let fun. you know i'll let you know in about a week and a half hopefully I have some pictures but uh yeah we'll uh we'll see how it turns out but no, i'm excited i think uh next year i'll probably even get you know a few more tags and just really dive into it and uh and uh learn as much as i can and probably listen to your guys's podcast and some other podcasts out there and just just try to get as much information as possible and go from there all right sounds good i appreciate you guys having me on though yeah no problem like i said it's it's just one of those things where you you definitely have a fresh take on uh on on navigating the social media and hunting industry and the hunting world and um, there's so many people that are just cookie cutter and trying to do everything the same way. So it's, it's always good to have fresh perspective and, uh, you know, people that are, are, are true to what they believe in and, um, you know, stick to their values. So I, I appreciate what you're doing in the way that the way that you're doing it. Um, you know, it, it and it's definitely working out for you. And I think that that's great. So. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on and, um, I'll get that fucking harness back to you too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, no problem. But uh, yeah, I think that's all we got. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, all right, man. All right, later. later.
Sit down. Sit down.